money. You've got- Why do we even announce the date? You know it's going to take me like a week to upload I don't the give- episode. Because I'm- like, I like to timestamp things for posterity's sake so people can go back and, and listen and, and see, you know, or maybe I'm trying to coax you to get the episodes out earlier. Anyway. It's not going to happen. I have my own work <laughs> ethic I go with. Okay. okay. What, what the fuck is this intro? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I know I was gone for a while, but man, you guys have made a mess of the beginning of these episodes since I left. So Listen, Kyle, I'm sorry. All right. Listen, just because you get episodes out in a timely manner and I'm just like, eh, I'll get to it. <laughs> and then I don't. And then like people ask I'll me like, you with this last one a, a, a week, maybe. Yeah, it's always good when you announce it's like your episode was recorded on May Day and you uploaded on the eighth. So it's like, oh, great. Well, you know that's uh, it's gonna make some people mad. But folks, you know what? There's really only one thing that's important right now, regardless of how dog shit this intro is, and that is. The boys are officially back in town. The boys are officially back. Hello. It's good to be it's good to be back. It's, been it's good a, to hear your voice, bud. Thanks, man. It's good to hear my voice uh going through back at this microphone talking to you gentlemen, Let's hearing your go. voices coming back mm-hmm. into mine. Um yeah, it's it's uh it's been a been a hot minute. Had a bunch of uh wild stuff, wild wild things, wild stuff happening. Um back in trying to get back in the swing of things and vibing out I'm feeling good feeling great how are you boys doing i'm i'm doing fantastic uh just to address a few rumors that were out there i did not kill kyle in the suma's identity like uh a few people thought um i don't know where you got that you stop watching talented mr ripley i was not me yeah, Greg, how was are you? one. The uh, the Discord server rumors about Kyle him leaking uh, very sensitive CIA information are in fact true, though. So I want to I want to clarify. Wait, that. Listen, when you get a tranche of documents <laughs> sent to you about Ukraine, where else am I supposed to put them? I don't right. I don't understand. Yeah, like I, you gotta you gotta swag out in the uh, the Discord server. Yeah, that combined with the grand jury I may or may not have recently been on <laughs> regarding some high profile people, I just like wish people would stop speculating. About I mean, a flex, if there ever was one. Ex- I mean, I, I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I was just kind of curious if that Department of Defense Inspector General hotline actually did work. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Kyle, <laughs> welcome back this. from whatever ATX they held you at. And, Let's just um, say they have really changed the rules around who's able to look in whose uh, Twitter DMs these I days. I mean, well, how is the food in Guantanamo? It was fucked, dude. I, yeah, uh, not good. Can't recommend. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm go ahead and say. To hear that. Uh, you don't even get any of the local flavor. It's all shipped in. Well, you look good. Thanks, man. I'm sorry good. that you didn't get any Cuban food. I, I, I did. We just. I swear, I was just. Uh, who was in Cuba like re- recently? I can't. Sergio? Oh, Sergio. Sergio's yeah, bringing the homie Cuba. Sergio. Yeah, I was, was going to uh, say Ron DeSantis, but that's also a good one, too. <laughs> dude, he keeps, like, I wish he would. I mean, I love that he's doing it, but the man cannot stop being like caught on camera doing weird things with his eyes. It's sugar, Usually, man. It's sugar, man. <laughs> the question about like Guantanamo in particular was so fascinating, like his reaction. He sucks, How would they dude. even remember me if they yeah. were going through such a trauma in their life and I was the one that was tormenting them? Why it's would so they funny. remember my face? It's so funny to not deny that you did something, but just say, like, how, how would they remember how would they, that? How would they ever? 
Yeah, uh, probably the most distinctive person that could be in a military uniform would be like, yeah, him. I he, he was him. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, no, the distinguishing guy. characteristic of being as wide as you are tall. People remember that. Yeah, the guy who was signing off on like probably the most like torturous form of like force feeding. And also just has the weirdest mannerisms on the planet. I, I can't believe he's, that anyone would remember so him. Incredibly Did off-putting. you guys see the clip of him and uh, was it Jesse Waters throwing the football around just like normal guys do? <laughs> just normal football <laughs> guys? Like a few months ago. But there's this like insane video where they're just they're doing like a Q&A type thing. And he's just they're just tossing the old pigskin back and forth. And they both look like just complete freaks and Ron DeSantis like played baseball I think in high school so I don't know why he looks as bad I don't, as he does like, he is like there's, has is, some prowess is there some sort of like unwritten rule with like when you become a conservative like you sell your soul to the devil it's like you know what Ariel did in Little Mermaid and they like take one of your talents or like take all all of your talents because every time I see a conservative just try to do something normal Dude, they fuck so it up weird. and make it look so weird like when Ted Cruz was trying to play baseball or like all of Donald Trump's presidency. I I just want to thank whatever political consultant just ever told them. It's like, listen, you have to look like you're in a Wrangler ad. Uh, Just go for it. Have you not done any sports since high school? Dude, speaking of which. (laughs) Just just give it a launch. The the lady who was running against Warnock in in Georgia. Kelly Kelly Loeffler. Yeah, when she like dawned all – when she started wearing uh, Carhartt. Oh, my. Dude, that That was was so – I saw that. Yeah. ruled speaking of like that that like i saw brett Favre tweeting about how they should unsilence tucker or whatever and i'm like and he turned he's the brett he has Favre. To, yeah brett Favre has the mute replies on his or he has to turn off replies to his tweets just because everyone's like hey didn't you didn't you like do like a series of like state level uh my gigantic fraud schemes for your like daughter's volleyball university or something yeah what's up number four hey did you embezzle the entire tanf fund for the state of mississippi yeah did it was like was it like through uh like medicare or medicaid funds i can't remember what it was it it was welfare it was tanf which is welfare nice okay which is in the poorest state in the nation nice good guy Good guy. What was the whole thing? What was the initial scandal with him? I can't remember. Did he get like busted? Like, oh, dick pics. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. That's a classic move. Yeah. The, uh, he gave him the old New York jet. <laughs> there we go. What's, uh, what's going on? What's, what's new around? What's new around these parts? Oh, well, you know, just reading a bunch of dog shit articles. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do know that, yeah. I I had a deadline. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, it's like I I couldn't come up with a better thing. It's like I could explain this, but this is much more. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's perfect. I'm not mad at you. That's what we so did. Tell me That's what we do. Me, I, I've been trying to not. If you have a blue sky invite, you could send it my way. Yes, for those, please. Those I don't want to yeah. hang out at the Nazi bar anymore, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm. Old. I like what is up with I I try not to open that app very much now uh but when I do I see like like viral videos of like really graphic violence or today I opened it after like not looking at it for hours or whatever and then I saw like Tucker so- signed like a deal to broadcast through Twitter is that oh, is we're, we're going to talk about that. Oh is that it, is it, that a hell line? Yeah. I thought I 
how did I miss that? Oh, it's the last one. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I added it like a second uh, ago. No, it's yeah. like Twitter we'll is that, just, Twitter is just horrible, man. It's, it's a like, bad place. It sucks, dude. Like, yeah, like, man. Like, just if you go in the replies of anything, it's 20 guys that you just would like not even think about like running away from at any given time just because it's the most like, dog shit people ever who just spent eight bucks to be at the very top like yeah i uh and i've been trying like the only time i've been trying to get on i've been trying to uh, like narrow it down to like when there's like fun basketball happening because i'm like oh this is when it's good but even that is the like playoffs really difficult. rules the playoff this is i've it's, been it's been so good i the best time watching the playoffs this year it's been so great and then yeah, that's, that's I also- on twitter and it's just like I can't even enjoy it for what it should have been able to be enjoyed for. That's when it was at its best with like big events like that. Like Sarah and I, the baseline of our podcast for the last month has been the playoffs. They're good. Yeah. They're so good in basketball and hockey. Yes. I've heard some, I've heard about the hockey ones. My eyes don't work well enough to watch hockey. I can't see the puck. Go Golden Knights. I need like the Nickelodeon style version of hockey. <laughs> the Slimer. <laughs> yeah, with the, yeah, let's get the Slimer puck for ESPN Kyle. used to do that though. Like they, they used did. to have like yeah. A, yeah, they used to have like the yellow outline of the pucks. So you can oh, actually see what's damn. going on. Yeah, I and need, then, like I literally need that. Like I don't I I don't know, man. I watch soccer and that's like the perfect the balls usually like contrast well. The the puck's just going too fast and it's too small and like no matter what size of tv i'm watching it on i'm just like i don't i don't know what's happening but it looks fun i switched from Lacroix to spindrift nice should we should we, so should we just go into the headlines here yeah or? let's do it. let's do that yeah hit the hit the button all right let's do this bitch ass white boy Bitch ass white boy. Oh, you added. <laughs> you added Ernie. Did you, hit, did you hit the drop again at the end, or did you add that to the actual? Oh, I I added that. Oh, nice. Okay. I've cool. had time. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> With me not submitting episodes, I get to do other work on audition. You've been around on your soundboard instead of submitting I'm, episodes. <laughs> yeah, he's adding another bitch ass white boy to the sound <laughs> drop. Head. I love it. All right, hotline number one. Um, I don't have any like like cool funny snarky things to say but we just we had another mass shooting a gunman shot and killed eight people including including three children and injured at least seven others at an outdoor mall on saturday in allen texas a dallas suburb a police officer shot and killed the gunman the suspected mass shooter who killed at least eight people uh, at the mall frequently posted white supremacist and neo-Nazi materials on social media, according to an FBI bulletin reviewed by Rolling Stone. The FBI's review and triage of the subject's social media accounts reveal hundreds of postings and images to include writings with racially or ethnically motivated violent extremist rhetoric, including neo-Nazi materials and materials espousing the supremacy of the white race, the bulletin reads. The document also says the alleged shooter was discharged from the military in 2000. 2008 amid mental health concerns just i mean like textbook like case study in what a mass shooter is yeah and it fucking sucks jesus christ you really took the wind out of my drop i know i'm sorry yeah it's uh it's a real i I kind of feel like the dick man i feel like i kind of gotta make like the sad one like the fox on nfl thing where they have like the sad piano 
Yeah. Do, do, yeah. Do, 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 do. So, There's nothing really to say a, about this one. I mean, honestly, the left field by Castellanos. I mean, it's it's horrible in a way too, especially if you look at like the reaction from the right on this one too. Because oh yeah, it was like. That- yeah, just the, the whole like, um, there's no way he's a Nazi. He's a, he's Hispanic, and then just like Dude, as a Kibba. I saw, oh god, I saw yeah, Michael Tracy wrapped up in that. Tattoo, man. Yeah, I saw Michael Tracy like arguing with some people. It's like like just being like the credulous, like okay, so like how can how, he was basically doing the how can a, a non-white person be like a white supremacist or like, and just it, he, it's just so like whatever there also like the, the reactions have been uh oh, like i'm not going to argue whether or not he was or wasn't a a, a nazi but they're trying to obfuscate like oh there's this other pi- the picture of a different like latino guy floating around and like that guy has different tattoos or whatever and i'm not going to try to distance myself from those nazi beliefs but like was he really a nazi it's like why are you trying to like carry water for nazism <laughs> like if somebody has like, nazi why are you trying to carry this, water for a mass shooter yeah. yeah it's it's really weird and then the tim pool thing i saw he was saying i mean really they're trying everyone's they're all trying to dance around the fact that like we still can't have a conversation about like expanding gun control in this country because we obviously do have a level of gun control in this country and we're really just talking about where that line should be um but he, he was saying something like uh, he was he was trying to to give his opinion on why this happens so often in this country. And he was talking. He straight up, you know, he was like, we have a very multicultural society and like people we have these different cultures yeah. layered on each other and people don't like each other. And I, like he's I mean, he's literally just agreeing with what the nazi yeah, like, guy like yeah said. this is exactly something that the mass shooter would have said too like I yeah mean, i'm like and i i can't remember if this specific shooter was linked to watching tim pool or liking tim pool video okay so many specific posts where he would they take out clips from tim cast yeah and post them on social yeah oh, that's, so tim, that's tim, embarrassing tim called it a psyop and like yeah, he called I, it I can't. It really just makes me sick to be on on Twitter, just because like I, you know, there's all, all the normal right wing freaks are like trying to obfuscate like what's actually going on here. The fact that the stuff that this shooter said and the stuff that they say on their shows, uh, it's pretty big. The the Venn diagram is incredibly single circular. Yeah, it's just a it's just a big circle. And yeah. like they, um, you know, like. It's the same so, shit. So they're trying with- to obfuscate like away from all of this, and they're trying to basically um, pour water on this and say it's a psyop. And then Elon Musk is participating. He's like, "Wow, this is so weird and so interesting." With his stupid accent, I hate that guy, man. It's just like it's the same shit like that happened in El Paso and in the mosque in Canada yeah. and in, in Buffalo. Buffalo and dylan roof and like there's yeah. just point, there's such a laundry list of this shit that like there's at least for me there's no there is no plausible not denied or deniability left there I know, like, man. No. again like well, you said it, the diagram is dude, just a circle they just point out the problems and talk about how like wow look at all these issues that were the society's dealing with wow somebody should do something somebody, about this exactly not- that's that's the Tucker yeah. Carlson thing. Yeah. Somebody, Somebody should, should do something about this. Exactly. Maybe like, you. Yeah, I mean, Dude, it's also you like your family. Yeah. I mean, 
you, you think about this for a little bit too. And it's always just like, it gets to the certain point where the, the, you just see the evolution of the talking point in real time too, from, uh, must've been another lib shooter. Cause you know, they're all libs. Cause for some reason they always love to pull that one too. And then it's always like, well, actually he couldn't have been a conservative and actually, well, well, you know, he was brainwashed by the CIA, the CIA's million point plan and trying to take everyone's guns by just having every mass shooter do it. Despite the yeah. fact it's never going to happen. Like, yeah. I mean, like every conservative, like you saw it through, like I saw a bunch of like conservative politicians pop out and just like, uh, we will never surrender the second amendment. It's like, dude, you won. Like, yeah. yeah. We, we have this every week. Like we have some guy who loads up an AR 15 and just dismembers like 12 to 15 people at any given time. And it'd be like, and nothing's ever going to be done. The only time we did anything about it was the Vegas one where we just banned bump stocks. And that was literally right. it. Yeah. And that was oh, because and the guy shot like a light battalion worth of people. And I don't know if you guys saw like in reaction to this, like the, the Texas, there's some like committee in the state house in Texas or state Senate that's tr that passed like a, okay, you have to be 21 to be able to buy like a semi-automatic rifle, <laughs> which, right. okay, wouldn't have done anything in this situation, first of all, but it's just like another completely useless measure, like the bump stocks thing that like, yeah doesn't actually make a dent in any of this. And I know like there's, there's a lot of ways our society has changed since 2008. But when the, like, if you look at any chart that shows how many more shootings we've had since the assault weapons ban was, uh, was lifted in, in I think 2008 or 2007. Um, it's uh, like Texas in particular has uh, like tripled or something since then. It's, it's just absurd. Dude, this um, country is averaging like three mass shootings a day. Yeah, which I and, guess is why the uh, FBI had to put out that video. On, oh God, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I, which is, I, I could even bring myself to watch that one too. Like, it's one of the yeah, most I insane. Watch it. I, I saw people talking about it. I, I watched part. I could not get myself to finish it. But to me, that just seems like that is the chickens coming home to roost, right? Like that is to me waving the white flag and saying, "There's nothing we can do about this." Like from a legislative standpoint, from like the actual pillars of power, nothing yeah. is going to be done. So again, like everything else in this country, it falls on the individual. It's the same shit we saw during COVID. And we're just seeing yeah. the chickens come home to roost. This is years and years of atomization and polarization and culture wars. And this is what happens when you do that. Like yeah, congratulations, and, yeah. Republicans, you won. And now you have to face the, like the reality that you've created where everyone is atomized and angry because the world you've created is fucking dog shit. It's bad. And also like, I I'm kind of of two minds of all this too, just because like you see the shootings and all that too. And like, well, we got to do something about the guns, but then you see that it's like, ideological enemies who are carrying this out more and more to just like fuck how do i prepare for this more too like because we're not going to do yeah. anything legislative about it i, I gotta get a gun legally about it i have to like, get a gun yeah like <laughs> it's 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 not good to think about and it's I definitely hate, not into but I a certain point. thinking about it but that's the reality in which we live in and i, I i'm not going to sit and deny what's going on yeah. Uh, it did you sucked. guys do uh, active shooter drills when you were in high school or middle school? I I was a little that didn't happen. I no. think I that, I was a bit okay. too old for that. Yeah. So I I, <laughs> I did that in middle school. Um, Jesus Christ, I don't think we yeah. did it in high school. Interestingly, but we we did it in middle school. 
Um, and want to want to hear <laughs> they uh, okay. So the one uh, we did it a couple times. Um, the first time was very like fire drill or earthquake drill like where you hide in the desk and someone's in charge hide under your desk and someone's in charge of uh in this specific situation like blockading the door essentially um so like there was some weird like somebody was like the 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 door blockader (laughs) whoever was closest would have to move their desk over or something that's so Um, dire that's so it got worse though so the, the second time we did it they Looking back, like it feels like a, a fever dream. I can't believe this happened, but they, um, they enli- they wanted to make this one pretty realistic, so they uh, enlisted the help of the of the middle school drama students, and they also did some sort of pyrotechnics or like firecrackers, and they had people lighting off firecrackers oh in the hall, and like had middle school drama students with fake blood and like had them like do all like very dramatic dying in the hallway stuff. So that's what we do in the military for like (laughs) medical training. Like I hate this country so much. So that was like, uh, I was probably like 2006 or 2007. Like we had it, we had something similar to that when I was like a couple Uh, days before I graduated high school, like all of us seniors had to like, go into or like kind of go out by the football field and there was this uh, production that was put on by the like the drama kids where it was like a don't drink and drive kind of PSA and like (laughs) yeah they had the same thing where like you know the kids got drunk and then the next scene was like the car and like one of the kids that like was like sprawled across the hood and had gone through <laughs> the windfields but like yeah, i don't know if like the goal active shooter thing yeah, that is a little so bleak, remember going man. out of the classroom and like the the drama kids acted like drama kids and they like threw blood every like fake blood everywhere and they were like they put their they put it on their hands and like smeared it on the locker oh, look, I'm so scary yeah, I was I was like, man, everyone is taken. I as like a thirteen year old, I was like, man, everyone is taken this way too far. And I like it's I was just thinking, man, this is this sucks. But now that I'm looking back and I'm like, it's just crazy that I it's it, the the stuff we accept in this country is just I really uh, like being a dad. That gives yeah. me a lot of hope. This is exciting. You, you know, yeah. I'm excited you know, for him. My to main takeaway is that, that uh, my main takeaway from all this is theater kids are still a menace and have always been. <laughs> yeah, we got to shut no, down. I, we have to shut down theater programs in middle school. This is an anti the, the worst of all possible worlds podcast now. Yeah, we, we're, they, we're they are not allowed war. back on. We're, like we are officially in a beef with those lads. Yeah. We really are. Yeah, we're, I'm we're going to beef? dunk all of their heads in a toilet. Yeah, no more theater. At the same time. Oh, yeah, because uh, that's right. I forget they're theater kids. Yeah, they are. Because they're somewhat normal. Yeah. Like most theater kids. <laughs> Just give them a chance and it'll come out and you'll find yeah. out. Anyway, so until we uh, we can end that one there until the next time we talk about yep. this in like a week from now and another one happens. See or whatever. Yeah, the next I mean, We didn't even talk about the person running over a bunch of people with their car. At the oh, yeah, that thing too. Water facility. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, a Manhattan jury on Tuesday found former President Donald J. Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming E. Jean Carroll and awarded her $5 million in damages. More than a Get dozen accusations. 
More than a dozen accusations of sexual misconduct have been made against Mr. Trump, but this was the only one so far that has been tested successfully before a jury. And of course, Donald Trump in a big rage fit sent an all caps truth that said, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. <laughs> That's like, so funny. I uh, mean, like for, her for getting some, getting money out of him. Yeah, uh, hilarious like, he, there was like one thing that happened where he like, com- he confused his ex-wife, uh, Miss Maples and this woman. He like, didn't know the difference between the two. And then, um, his, Hilarious his, stuff. His brain is fascinating. Did you did you, uh, did you guys see the clip of him talking about how stars have been allowed to do this? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that was good. That was, Quite that was unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's such just, a weird uh, clip for about a million years. <laughs> whatever. He, he he's had so many weird clips lately, like the one where he's just talking about Phantom of the Opera for like five minutes. Oh, dude, oh, the one so with Tucker good. is so funny. Yeah, and they had to shut down for the production. Like, yeah, it's too bad. You had to have the sand chandelier up there. And just like, <laughs> you just can tell. Like when he's talking about something he wants to talk about, he is just the happiest person alive. And it's mainly just about musical theater. Once again, theater yeah. kids are nothing but trouble. Um, <laughs> he really is the gayest straight man of all time. I, you know. I really still like, despite all of this, like all the things he does, uh, like all the sex past sexual impropriety stuff he does, uh, he does still come across as asexual to me. And it does like the way he talked about doing this. He was talked about like, this is what stars do. This is what they get away with. It's almost like he did it because it like gave him status as like a famous person. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that Trump is on the spectrum? I don't know what his he's got a lot of things going on. What's yeah. crazy is that he's just going to live till he's like 100. Like despite having his lifestyle, eating habits, all of that, you'd expect he would be rocking with that that he's like got, 300 he, over 150 blood pressure, but he's still just like dude, he's cruising. got the he's got the Kissinger serum at this dude, point. He had he had what his whatever his dad had too cuz his dad died like what, like 2 years ago? Right. <laughs> yeah. Trump's I 80. I mean, listen, I don't like, know. My dad puts has put a pound of butter on everything his entire life i don't eats, get it man. eats tv dinners and ice cream every night my dad is 90 dude i don't i i don't get it and i'm gonna I don't die either. 45 and i eat yeah i eat like a damn rabbit it's so annoying <laughs> and and i'm gonna die when i'm 95 because i drink like 14 energy drinks a day it's dude, it makes no sense I'm so screwed, man. Yeah, yeah man. It's it's, it's, it's all bullshit. Like it all it, it ultimately comes down to your genetics and just fucking yeah. do what you want, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, all I know is that single de Mayo shit. picture. We're all gonna die anyway. Like this that single de Mayo picture came out again at Trump. And my favorite thing about that is oh, if you look the in the drawer bowls? behind him, yeah, the taco bowls. And if you look in the drawer right oh, behind him God. that's open, he has like the codeine Sudafed <laughs> in like the back. He's got oh, everything he's that looking lean after his dude, taco bowl from yeah. the, the Trump Tower. His, oh, uh, gosh. his drawer has everything future raps about. Dude, seriously, <laughs> it's so crazy. I like, dude, that that tweet is so good. The uh, the, the, be, uh, the best taco bowls down here at Trump Tower. I love, I love Hispanics. Hispanics. <laughs> and it's just like him, just with like, his like shit eating grin and the thumbs up. Oh, it's just so a, awesome. Just to fuck everybody's day up real quick, though. You know, honestly, I can't, I can't tell if he's dying or not because he's looked like 
like he's looked like shit for like 40 years now. Yeah. 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 I, I like, I don't think he's, I honestly think he's going to live till he's like 95 or something. Yeah, probably. Um, the thing, the thing that continues to kind of fuck me up about this though, is like, yeah, like officially, uh, convicted sex passage to donald trump and it won't register for half the country they won't care oh no. dude we already had him bragging about it on tape right uh, with the access hollywood thing yeah yeah, like, yeah. he i yeah, mean like we just, had uh, jason chaffetz talking about how he couldn't look at his daughter in the face and support donald trump at the same time and that lasted like three, three weeks, weeks maybe yeah um yeah and that was six years ago <laughs> yeah he got yelled at at a town hall and changed his mind about everything yeah, i mean like yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if anything, like him him leaning into the this being the continuation of the witch hunt might help him. And like the fact that has has DeSantis hasn't even declared that he's running for president yet, no. which is just hilarious. There's been like some um, weird packs that are uh that are pushing ads that I've seen, but yeah, he you, has not officially declared. Yeah, you're starting to see some like the candidates starting to push ads too. Like uh Lynn Cheney is starting to push ads in like New Hampshire, which once again like what is the constituency like, you, for Lynn Cheney? What are you Cheney doing if you're, if you're a conservative? Oh, you're like, not. Do, you're not getting Cheney, the nomination. Liz or Lynn? It's got Liz. Be Liz I'm right? sorry. Oh. Yeah, Lynn's, Lynn's her mom, right? Is yes, she alive sorry. still? No, you're fine. Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, pretty sure. Liz if, Cheney, dude. Especially since abortion uh, was like criminalized in most. Like she is on record multiple times saying like abortion is murder. So literally, who is the Liz Cheney contingency? There's literally no one. No, yeah, it, it's it's the same like two dozen people who thought Becky Edwards would be a good senator. <laughs> I still see those people. I still see you. I, I see. I see you on Twitter. Right. I You know who you are. You're not listening to this, of course, but you know who you are. Yeah, I still you, see. What yeah, you've uh, turned us off a long time ago. Let's move yeah. on real quick. We still got okay. three more of these. So <laughs> we, it's been a minute, boys. Yeah, we I got know. a lot. I we know. got a lot to talk about. Uh, so hellline number three, SLC loves to kill the homeless. From the Salt Lake Tribune, after five people died on the streets this winter, Salt Lake City stopped counting the deaths. Five people died in seven days on Salt Lake City's streets in December, prompting a flurry of action from officials to increase shelter space amid frigid winter temperatures. But beyond those seven days, the amount of unsheltered people who may have died during one of Salt Lake City's snowiest winters on record is not known. Salt Lake police do not track deaths of unsheltered people. Neither does the city nor state homelessness servicers. And the Utah Medical Examiner's Office doesn't currently indicate in its data that a person who has died, no matter the cause, was homeless, the Salt Lake Tribune found. You don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Exactly. Yeah. Like that like that's it. Like like no one like in service of like the municipal government or the state government is served in any way for having a better picture of what happens to homeless people. Yeah. Well and and we yeah. were talking about it Sunday, Jordan, you and I, when you when you were over at my place, like you if if you are part of like the the neoliberal system in which we live in, like you want that reminder to people. Yeah. Like it's like, there's a certain number of deaths that are completely acceptable to you and like, or use an exam as an example to be like, to tell people, Hey, this could happen to you at any moment. So don't fuck up. 
Yeah. And I think it's also just like in like at a certain point, it's just the cost of doing business. If mm-hmm. you're like in a completely financialized municipal government, like, right. like, like, like just think about how horrible, like the discussion about Jordan Neely was this last little bit too. The way right. people talk about the homeless in this country is like, they're talking about overturned trash cans. It's so also, uh, we didn't, we didn't really draw this comparison before, but the way that the right talks about uh, mental illness or mental health when it comes to shootings and then in in literal like di- within days comparison to how they talked about this situation with Jordan Neely is just like I mean at least pretend like to not give up the game that easily like right. it's it's just embarrassing I mean it, it's it really is just it's it's horrific to hear about because all you hear about when it comes to like unhoused people at this point too is just that you know it's just dangerous for regular people to go around them which is one of the things that like dehumanize them and make sure that they never ever seek services because it's just how little the city and the state and every sort of like ngo around actually cares about them mm-hmm. yeah um what you guys just uh or what you mentioned that you were talking about on sunday greg i it, it reminded me of that tweet that that nate housley had the other day Mm-hmm. Um, he said, our, our, our social order demands homelessness as a punishment for being insufficiently compliant to the demands of capital. It already kills Absolutely. people slowly, which should shame every one of us. Submitting anyone who gets pressed out of their apartment to summary, summary execution is monstrous. It's, it's incredible to me, too, because we know what solves homelessness. Like We know yeah. what solves poverty. Like In general, it's, it's providing services for housing and just giving people money. Like that's yeah, providing services, period. But yeah, we- and I, like I was talking, like I responded, and I was talking to, and I mentioned the Faircloth Amendment, where essentially building new public housing in this country has been illegal since Bill Clinton. Right. Like yeah. He signed that. He signed that piece of legislation that piece of that effectively was, made it illegal to build new public housing. Speaking um, of people anywhere who will never federal die. housing in this country, like housing can still be given to people, but like no new public housing can be built, and. My brother and I were driving uh, downtown the other day for something I can't remember. Uh, but we, we passed the old Red Lion Hotel that was being used as – I think it was the Red Lion, the one on uh, 6 South, the one that was being yeah. used during the All-Star Game to house ho- homeless people. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about like how big that hotel is and how many people could be fit like you know put in some like some place like that permanently and like when you think about giant like big public housing buildings like that like how many people could be provided housing <laughs> in, that, exactly. in that way just just think about how like the commercial real estate market is just fucking collapsing right now too yeah and just think like oh wow we have a lot of these open office buildings that could very easily be just like could just be transformed into like essentially like apartment buildings that people could live in just like we have churches on every block in this state i mean there's that too but and and if these if these commercial buildings can't be easily converted like knock them down and like we need to be built i I know obviously we can't but like the idea should be is that like across this country like that amendment like i don't know what the mechanism is to to undo that but essentially with all the empty commercial real estate that's all over this country all of these should either be converted or knocked down to build public housing like i don't know what like it's I, i but but exactly to nate's point what you guys are talking about is like there needs to be that thin line that like but and for for a lot of people it's a lot thinner for like people like me who's in a very lucky 
circumstance where like I have like family and support systems that I could lean on if I ever got into a bad position where I can I can stay and live with people and I wouldn't ever fall into that situation. But that's just a matter of complete luck and circumstance of me being born in the circumstances that I've been born into. But like for so many people, that isn't the case. And uh, I don't deserve it more than they do. But like, you know, so we're but you know, the, the, the government's not gonna, this, the system that we live under is not going to create that barrier for people to not fall into that because there has to be that reminder. Like Nate said, like you guys were saying that like, Hey, you better not, you know, get too uppity with like your demands as labor and workforce, because if you don't have this job for many people, there's nothing stopping the descent into that existence and yeah, that's and that's really terrifying for most houselessness which is becoming more and more of a death death sentence for people i mean yeah exactly too and everyone like no matter how you are even with the safety nets too everyone is one to two calamities away from just like being out there too mm-hmm. yeah like, like yeah, that, oh, a yeah, horrible 100%. thing about it and i mean yeah. like and, and that's a terrifying thing too and we know what kind of and bringing back the mental health and all that too like we know what fixes these situations too when it comes to homeless too it's not shelters because shelters do not help you if you were mentally ill and they, and if you're normal and you go, end up on the streets there's a good chance it will give you mental illness by just being in those shelters too because there is no security for you there there is no like ability to get any sort of like deep rest there is no dignity in that too like shelters are meant to keep you alive they're not meant to keep you well yep mm-hmm I mean, yeah, and like exactly what you said, like a good way to get mental illness is to live on the street and be completely de- dehumanized for days, weeks, months, years. And punished for being alive. And like, yeah, and that's not to say that like, yeah, of course, people were probably uncomfortable. Like it's it's not a comfortable situation to have someone at that at that brink of their existence like – you know, having that breakdown and like the impact that has on other people, it's not to say that, Oh, you should be a hundred percent comfortable all the time. But like the answer is not to kill them on public transit or like have these justified legal executions of these people. But like, uh, that's the solution that the right wants is like, this should be the justified thing. Like you should be able to not pay attention or look or whatever. And the reality is like, we're not facing, uh, an example from any type of political leadership that's that's talking about how they're going to be actually treating these things. Like, right. well, they'll bring the cast of Ted Lasso on to the into the the the, <laughs> the, the fucking hell. press corps to talk about mental health awareness. This isn't about awareness or we don't stigma need any or more anything awareness. like that. It's Everybody like knows it's a problem. Socialized medicine, healthcare, mental health care now. Like, yeah. That's the fucking bare minimum. It's like the same thing we get with like breast cancer awareness. Like everybody's aware of breast cancer. Like what are you raising awareness for? Like are we really going to believe that like the next set of awareness you have is actually going to cure something? No. We don't need more awareness. We need a solution. Yeah, if the NFL gives you a month, it's your awareness is pretty much peak at yeah. this point. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you and, and like for people that talk about like you know they're they're, they're and they're very well me they're very well may be a big stigma about getting mental health treatment. Like I I, I don't know. sure. Uh, and and if that's if that's the case, one of the best ways to fight against that stigma is to make make it completely accessible and free at the point of service as, yes. as like give it to everyone and then. Hey, that's a great way of fighting that stigma. So we don't need any more awareness campaigns by the the levers of government that could make this 
a reality no. for everyone. So it's the completely same thing we hear when we, when people say access to healthcare. Yeah, so, I, I, it's the I same bullshit. Really don't trust that word. Just word salad. When I when I talk about access, I mean that like it's it's literally free to you. Yeah. <laughs> like this is paid through taxes. I'm in the same if, boat if as you. you. Hear a normal politician say access, they do not mean anything close to that. They'll they'll mean they'll be, they'll be talking about health or competition in the healthcare market. Yeah, lower prices. It's ridiculous. Yep. Anyway. Let's, let's let's power through these last two. Just you got quick. it. I'm just going to read them both just real quick. Okay. Uh, number four, it's over, folks. The World Health Organization said last Friday that the COVID-19 is no longer qualifies as a global emergency, marking a symbolic end to the devastating coronavirus pandemic that triggered lockdowns, upended economies, and killed millions of people worldwide. The WHO also says thousands of people are still dying from the virus every week, and millions of others are suffering from debilitating long-term effects. And then... uh, Despite that being over, uh, headline number five is he's back. And from CNN, Tucker Carlson will relaunch his program on Twitter, a platform he praises the only remaining large free speech platform in the world after Fox News fired him late last month. He will forego at least $25 million owed to him by the Fox Corporation in order to break the non-compete clause. That's a great Tight. move all around for a lot of things. First off, like you're going to a platform that was like shown itself to have no infrastructure to actually do any sort of like large, large scale multimedia project, but also giving up $25 million to do it. That's, that's special right there. Really good Man. stuff. <laughs> also look forward to all of your elderly parents asking you how to get Twitter to watch Tucker Carlson. God, man, if my dad asked me how to access Twitter, I'm, I'm really gonna wondering jump if people are going to follow him like off of. No, I kind of I don't, I don't see think it it'll happen. happen. Bill O'Reilly did the exact same thing. Yeah, and that did not work. Yeah, when was the last time you heard about Bill O'Reilly except for another book about some sort of historical figure getting killed? That was the slot that Tucker had, right? Was the Bill Yeah, O'Reilly he filled slot? the Bill O'Reilly yeah. void. Mm, yeah. Good. So like I don't I don't see it happening, especially because like that that uh time slot's gonna be upset for a little bit because, you know, but they keep their television on twenty four seven on Fox News. So like yep. whatever. Yeah, that's whatever Whatever Steve Ducey or whatever kind of nepotism case is going to just end up in that slot doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, fuck them. Yeah. So um, we have we have two things we want to read through uh, today, both on the concept of um, of housing and both from our local outfit, the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, the first is from uh, former Mayor Rocky Anderson and uh, former guest of this podcast. Um, so I so Rocky's obviously running for mayor against uh, against current Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, and there's a few other people in the race as well. Um, Rocky, uh, there's uh, <laughs> I know like there are a lot of opinions about him, and I like don't I, I like wasn't conscious. I was pretty young when he was mayor before, and I don't I, I don't know. Um, I've read a bunch of stuff. I, I I know there's like some definitely some negative things about like uh, encounters and experiences people have had with him. But one thing that he's been doing is centering 
housing as his main issue uh, and homelessness as his main issue in this campaign, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I like, I don't know if he's gonna win. I have no idea like what the, what the situation is here. Um, I will, I just want to make it clear that Aaron Mendenhall's record on this stuff is not good. Her husband is a developer and on her watch, there have been a lot of bulldozing of, uh, homeless encampments, their belongings, et cetera, uh, which don't exactly look great. And, uh, not, and also, I, I don't know if you guys saw her kind of like denying these events taking place on, on Twitter yes. recently, but anyway, cool stuff. Uh, so we're going to read through this real quick. So Rocky wrote this piece in the Salt Tribune. It's uh, more affordable housing as possible. So is keeping a neighborhood's character. I'm sure people that live in Salt Lake are very well aware of the different parts of the city have that have been, um, torn down or uh, essentially used to build condos, apartment buildings, rental properties, etc., uh, which of course is just good for uh, the developer class. Everyone who values the character of Salt Lake, Salt Lake City's great diverse neighborhoods on both the east and west sides should find troubling the propensity of our mayor, her city planner, and some council members to lay the groundwork for severe deterioration of our neighborhoods. This is particularly irksome since the administration has failed to pursue available alternative measures, such as the sort of city-built and city-owned mixed-income affordable housing, often referred to as social or non-market housing, found in many parts of the world. Non-market housing could, one, provide for far greater housing affordability at every income level, two, honor the public's interest in architectural excellence and the quality of our city's overall built environment, as the city did with the magnificent main library. And three, result in the preservation of the character of existing neighborhoods. When I walk around my neighborhood, it's evident which houses are being rented from an absentee landlord, which ones are occupier-owned or at least owned by local residents. The houses owned by absentee landlords are often poorly maintained nuisance houses, some with parties that disrupt the neighborhood until early hours. Imagine how these problems will be exacerbated if accessory dwelling units, ADUs, become much more common, especially if they are out of scale and if there's no owner-occupied requirement. If that happens, people will look back for generations and point to the decision of the council and the failure by the mayor to veto it as the major turning point undermining the quality of life for many of our city's residents. So, Oh, sorry. First off, just like, that's not very good framing of Rocky's arguments. I I don't think it's great. But also at the same point, too, there is a problem with slumlords, especially in the city, too. I remember the last time I rented in Salt Lake City, like, I lived in a place that had so much black mold that I'm surprised I didn't, like, have a coal miner's death. So Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like, I, I agree. Like, this frame of, like, oh, like, loud parties, et cetera. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's very, uh, you know. Listen, folks, time. he's 72, yeah. It's very old yeah. man. You get to the wow. point of like building. Yeah. We'll, we'll be talking about social housing, but yeah, when you frame these arguments, don't, don't mention, don't, don't frame it in a way of like the, the neighbors are loud and they have parties. Like that's, that is not, uh, there are people that are homeowners. There are <laughs> like much bigger problems <laughs> than loud parties. Yeah. yeah. Like this isn't something like that. That's, that's kind of just trying to speak. That comes across as speaking negative about people who are being who are forced to rent. Yeah, like, especially because you can build an argument that actually like one of the biggest like victims of like slumlords and all that too are students at the University of Utah because oh, 100%. because they're put into just absolute dog shit housing by a lot of these like landlords that kind of circle the campus. Like yeah. The problem here is the landlords, not the people <laughs> renting. Because yeah. like, it, it, like, people have to have a place to live. And if they can afford to rent, like they're, you know. 
anyway. Yeah, so not a great start. Yeah, not a great start. Kyle, proceed. <laughs> this issue is often framed as being a battle between, quote, wealthy homeowners and, quote, housing advocates or between the east and west side. That narrative is inflammatory and poses a false dichotomy. Homeowners on the west side would not be any happier than homeowners on the east side to have institutional investors buying nearby houses for rentals or with the destruction of single family residential zoning, which I think is a this is my words now um, a bit a big thing that like we, we talked about on this podcast, but there's this uh, specific developer in this city um, and Greg and I went to that show too, talking about yeah. like, like what was taking place in Rose park and like the proposals and like things that have actually happened, of course, of tearing down single family homes to, to replace with luxury condos. And like, these were talking about displacing people that have lived in these homes for, um, decades. So anyway, um, the proposed changes bode poorly for the future of our city. The damage to our neighborhoods would be difficult, if not impossible, to unwind. To oppose more ADUs or the elimination of the owner-occupied requirement for ADUs does not mean that one's views that one views quote affordable housing as a threat to the neighborhood character. There should be affordable housing in every neighborhood of the city, but it doesn't have to take the form of rental units jammed into every lot. Many affordable and, and owned by institutional investors. That's the the key argument here. Is that. Uh, that's what's taking place now. <laughs> it's like they're yeah. like where they're gutting parts of this, uh, so many parts of the city to build uh, luxury rental units. And uh, if you just drive anywhere around the city, it's pretty clear what's taking place. And and they're all just dog shit. Like they it's look bad. horrible. They suck. They look bad, and um, they're of course uh, uh, the definitions of affordable also are. And, and anyway, yeah, the, the, the whole in general. Yeah, the whole yeah. like definition of like sixty to eight percent of like of like average median income yep. doesn't seem like it's very sustainable for like Salt Lake City. No, it is not. The discussion in general among the mayor, her planning director, council members, and much of the public ignores alternatives that can achieve far more architecturally superior affordable housing while at the same time preserving neighborhood character and current neighborhoods. Also, we are aware of like the uh, connotation that's often refer often connected with quote preserving neighborhoods. I want to make clear that this is an article that's arguing for uh, social housing, though. So yeah, that was one of the <laughs> anyway. things I saw come out of this when everyone was just like, "Wow, I guess Rocky's a NIMBY." It's like, no, he's not for like developers and landlords building these things too. He's totally right. fine with the government doing that exactly, which is a very important distinction. Like. Uh, not-for-profit housing uh, is a very different than allowing developers to just like completely cut up and uh, build their buildings all over the city. Yeah. Um, the city could be achieving far better design than the unimaginative institutional boxy apartment buildings that have sprouted up in recent years with no apparent concern about making the built environment more beautiful or interesting. The city should be okay. building a lot of affordable, mixed-income, non-market non housing in areas where there will not be destruction of existing housing nor the adverse transformation of existing neighborhoods. I urge readers to Google 30 social housing projects and imagine something like the housing structures reflected there being built in undeveloped parts of our city, such as west of the Rio Grande Depot, for instance. Imagine the city owning them in perpetuity so that rental rates are not dictated by private developers' profit motives. Another good key. And, and that's oh, yes. pretty much the only way you're going to actually ever like break the hold that landlords and developers yes. have on the yeah. city. Yes. 
and Rocky is right too. You can build buildings that actually look good and actually are social housing too. As a matter of fact, if you look at like, say like Red Vienna or something like that too, or like the Karl Marx Hof, where like yeah. 62% of the residents of Vienna live inside social housing. Yes. And they love it. At, at its peak in the UK, like social housing was... 40% of the population of the UK lived in social housing. They stopped building it because Margaret Thatcher and the Tories realized, oh shit, we're giving a public good that people really love. And all that does is breed labor voters. Yeah. People should Google that. There's like a, a lot of examples yeah, there's a real across concerted, Europe. Concerted effort to yeah, that. Yeah, I, I actually got a Jacobin article here. I can probably put in the show notes that actually like show like a bunch of beautiful social housing and actually show how they work. Like, yeah, it, the the way that I don't I, I I guess I haven't heard people talk about this much as of late, but I, I you know I, I'm sure you guys heard similar things about like the, how horrific the, the like the, the communist or social housing was in the Soviet Union. Um, you know, talking about like that type of like public project living, and that's just kind of this weird connotation that's always existed about like what social housing could or is or would be. Um, it's pretty pretty clear that uh, this is something that works a lot of other places and is something that, that should be done here yeah. as well. And also in America, too, we have the connotation of what like the projects were in a lot of like major cities, too, Absolutely. which doesn't take into account a few things. First of all, they were built by very racist presidential administrations that stuck them in places where we're low income and made sure that they were become racialized ghettos. And that's not the case with mixed income social housing. That's literally the exact opposite of what the projects are because you spread them throughout the city. You have mixed income. So that means that you actually have people from all types of socioeconomic statuses. And also on top of that too, like it doesn't allow, like it doesn't allow for like a portion of the city just to become like, just to drop in like social economic value. Yeah. And, and, and this is why it works in so many places. But here we just did it just so we could just like, you know, say we were doing something, but do it in the most racist way possible. Yeah. Imagine the city owning them in perpetuity so that rental rates are not dictated by private developers, profit motives. The Sounds city good. or the mayor and city council have a solemn duty to be responsible stewards of our neighborhoods and to achieve through careful, innovative planning and execution sufficient mixed on income, affordable, including deeply affordable housing with abundant open spaces, as is achieved in many nations around the world with non-market housing. A standard of design excellence for a built environment that we can all enjoy, of which we can all be proud and the preservation of the character of our diverse neighborhoods in all areas of our city. Yeah, so uh, let's Sounds build good. some non-market social housing. Yeah, uh, but from the city, like obviously we can't do this on at the federal level. Uh, so yeah, there's, the there's no reason why we can't do it at the city level too. And I, I saw a bunch of comments on this one too. It's like uh, Salt Lake City doesn't have the tax base necessary to uh, support such projects like that. Like, uh, well, we just decided to up the police budget to 111 million dollars with this newest budget. Uh, up a full 30% from, from right after the George Floyd protests. So, you know, somehow we find money for that. Also, we spent $50 million on just operation Rio Grande, just the city alone, not the state, just the city. That went great. That they did really good job on that. Just, just think if you took that $50 million (laughs) and put that into building housing, especially like social housing that you can maybe get some of those people into. Yeah. 
yeah, let me uh, let me pull up this other article. Let's see. I will say, I mean, I've got a lot of, you know, I I don't know if I want to say problems, but I definitely have disagreements with Rocky. But it's so you read an article like that, and it seems that the choice is incredibly clear. Yeah, and then and I think like once again, like talking about their interviews on like CityCast too, where Rocky yeah, yeah. brought up social housing without like being prompted to and then when Erin Mendenhall was asked about social housing she immediately just dismissed it and was like no we don't we can't do that no no yeah so I mean, like it, it wouldn't be advantageous for her husband yeah I mean you would literally be losing money if like yeah. there are non-market I mean, housing options to drive down the prices of rentals and uh and Salt Lake like, it, it's the only way you're going to stabilize the price of, price of housing Mm-hmm. It really is at this point because like we've done the affordable housing thing for what, 20 years now, 30 years now. It's been working so well. It's yeah. worked so well. All we, we just have to, be, yeah, the, 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 the viewpoint on housing is just like the viewpoint on like I-15. We just got to build one more lane. We just got to build one more apartment building. We just got to build one more thing and then it'll be good. It's like, no, we've, oh we've realized the problems we've seen for the last day, de- for the last few decades and is not being solved by affordable housing, which is still dictated by by developers and landlords whatever happened to that like that tiny home development that was supposed to go out by the airport well it's about two years after they were supposed to go up and we're we're getting a date for 2024 now so great lovely it'll give bill when it gets built but like i'm not gonna like issue the tiny home project like i think that's kind of a good deal if they ever get built despite the fact they're putting it on a fucking dump but um Actually, no. I am kind of kind of taking issue with that, especially because they haven't quite got the uh, environmental uh, impact study on that one back. Because apparently, there might be a lot of mercury in the ground there. Oh, great! Oh, great. great. That's Lovely. tight. Um, okay, so the second one, uh, Robert Gerke of, of the Salt Lake Tribune has this uh, article. Um, Sub Robbie, <laughs> yeah, Greg. friend of the pod, Greg's new pal. Um, Utah evictions have hit a seven-year high. We need to maintain safety nets for our neighbors, Robert Gerke writes. And so, like, I mean, yes, everything we've talked about so far, uh, like, of course, but like in the background of all of these, um, you know, people going through and experiencing homelessness, et cetera, like the conditions have continually gotten worse and some of the safety nets that were put in place are, have been removed as Robert's going to talk about. But as pandemic protections are rolled back, Utahns living on the edge are once again at the mercy of landlords and the state's untenable rental market. Last year, David got a surprise from his rental management company. The rent on his home in Daybreak, where he'd been living for nearly two years, was increasing by $600 a month. Jesus. He complained to the rental company to no avail and looked for other places he could live. But as you've probably heard, rental units in the Salt Lake Valley are in short supply. I just want to mention real quick. So uh, I moved into an apartment beginning of 2020, like January of 2020. Um, I can't remember how much I was paying per month. Uh, but my I, I signed a one-year lease. And so 2021 – of January, February comes around and I'm getting ready to figure out what I'm doing next, planning on signing and sending a new lease potentially. They, I had the exact same situation. My rent was going to go up $600 a month if I signed a new, <laughs> a new lease in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I was like, $7,200 nice. a year. 
Can you believe that? Like, I, I was like, I'm not making $600 more a month now. Like, uh, hmm. Interesting. And it's also great, too, because we live in a state that actually, like, prohibits cities and towns from putting in rent control policies that right. would actually, like, make sure it doesn't grow up astronomical amounts. Oh, do you want to know the uh, who was the attorney for the uh, complex that I lived in? Is his initials KC? They certainly are. I'm shocked. There is, for those who are uninitiated, there is, there's a, a father son duo um, who are who run a uh, very high profile landlord law firm here in Salt Lake Tag City. Team champions, yeah, uh, the Colomores, father and son duo. Father uh, is the uh, the main dude who at this law practice. His son practices the same law but is also the, the logan roy of fucking people over yeah there is also a state representative so or is he in the state senate i don't know he's, he's, in an, the, he's a senator yeah oh cool he's a state senator <laughs> and he is a an eviction attorney and uh his dad and him represent almost every landlord corporate landlord in in the city it seems like um so that's great um anyway uh, David, not his real name, caught a break though and was able to qualify for an emergency rental assistance program funded with federal COVID relief dollars and administered by the state. Can I just, sorry to cut off again, uh, just, just to mention, like, we can't do rent control in this country. <laughs> we can do a federal program that's a, that's a bailout essentially, or just like what we're looking at here is that landlords raise the rent completely arbitrarily, kind of like all in tandem by $600 a month per tenant. And then that was able to be essentially subsidized by the federal government through COVID relief dollars. Just It's like kind of the same way that we, instead of expanding Medicare or Medicaid, I guess Medicaid specifically mm -hmm. during the pandemic, we expanded COBRA and we gave, we had COBRA subsidies instead awesome. of expanding Medicaid. Like it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's this country is such, it's such a fucking racket. Like everything that this country does, any government program is just, I don't know what's more neoliberal to like just use the mechanisms of government at every single potential way to just enrich corporations. Cause that's like through electric car, you know, subsidy giveaways to this type of thing where, I mean, I'm glad David, not his real name was able to receive this resist, this assistance because it made it easy for him easier for him to continue living somewhere but like what this really was the what this program did was just give that money directly to the people who shouldn't have been able to raise his rent like that in the first place but whatever oh, um, it's, it's a maddening thing it really is just because like <laughs> there there is no rights for anyone in this state and even this country unless you own property like Mm -hmm. you're you're at the whims this is essentially just like modern day feudalism more than anything else yeah it's uh it's ridiculous he got four months of help and was told to come back in mid-february and apply for an extension but on february 5th the state discontinued the program nate mcdonald a deputy director of the department of workforce services said the program had run out of money and the state needed to stop taking applications for new aid or extensions over two years, he said, the state and local partners spent right around $350 million on the emergency rental assistance program. Losing the anticipated assistance left David and his family scraping to get by. We're struggling, but still living here, he told me recently. We're probably going to move out and find something else when the lease is up. 
He's one of the lucky ones, but because for many Utah renters, the expiration of the co- the program came at an inopportune time. As eviction moratoriums have been lifted, COVID-era food assistance for low-income families was also being rolled back. Lovely. That's those are that's my word, not not Great. Robert's. Timing-wise, McDonald said, "I don't think the feds had any idea we'd run out of money at the same time that the emergency allotment ended." It's not surprising that many who were teetering on the brink before are falling over the precipice. Remember when we ended uh, free school lunches also? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I was at the gym the other day and I saw another uh, story on like the TV that was talking about uh, student school lunch, student school lunch debt. What a concept. Amazing. Um, it, it in really recent is months. Yeah. It really is amazing what we've just been able to commoditize in this country. <laughs> every, like, every single yeah, possible freedom, thing. Baby. This is freedom is being just nickel and dimed at every single possible way. You, like you, everyone is getting their cut. You literally don't own anything. And yeah, freedom is literally every single person as you walk down the street, just taking a little fucking chunk out of you. Yeah, it, it, it's not like the piece. And and that's the and that's the crazy thing about it too. Is like you look at like the. Um, like the critiques of like socialism and communism that like the right has to, it's like, well, you don't really own anything. It's, it's the state that owns anything. Well, when it comes right down to it, whether it's the state that owns anything versus um, probably the most annoying and horrible person you've ever known owning everything yeah. that you have to depend on. At least ostensibly with the state owning something, I have some type of uh, democratic control. Yeah. Democratic control. Something. And also like you could, argue to some sort of bureaucrat at the very least yeah you don't have that yeah. here you, you I don't just have, have any say in uh rent going up by 600 a month <laughs> you just have a landlord that's probably like is also just has like a blue lives matter sticker on this car and like complains on facebook a lot yep in recent months eviction filings have predictably been climbing in march alone shout out to the cold Morris, by the way in uh, March alone, according to a recent presentation to the Salt Lake Chamber, attorneys for landlords filed about 800 eviction cases against tenants who had fallen behind on their rent, the most in seven years and double the number filed two years earlier. And chances are, with aid phased out, a continued tight rental market and inflationary pressures, we haven't seen the peak. According to a report last month from the University of Utah's Cam C. Gardner Policy Institute, while rents in the state's four most populous counties dipped slightly in 2022, between 2016 and 2021, they had increased significantly far outpacing income growth. In Weber County, rent shot up nearly 43%. That's, that's in five years. 43% while average income in renters went up 18%. Rent in Davis County went up 42% while income was less was up less than 8%. In Salt Lake County, rental costs rose by 37% as income, income grew by 18.5. There are tangible benefits to housing stability. Kids do better in school, physical and mental and health risks decrease and job opportunities grow. What a concept. I mean, it's, it's the same Obviously, thing we just talked about like 20 minutes ago yeah. too, is like stable housing and security and having some sort of like form of ability to actually have like the ability to protect yourself is somehow makes your brain function better. Who could have thought of this? Yeah. So he links here to an article or post from the uh, Department of Housing and they have, I mean, there's something... I, Listen, I know people that work at the Department of Housing can only do so much, but there is something a little like ironic about the federal government right. being like, I, you know, it's it's 
they're right. <laughs> like how there are tangible benefits to housing stability, but it's like fucking do something, man. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a, like think about how great America would be if we like gave everyone the ability to actually have that. I know. Makes me physically ill. Um, now, I'm not suggesting that taxpayers should have kept paying people's rent forever. They should have. I'm they should sorry, have, Robert. Yep. Yep. They absolutely should have. <laughs> like, That's where you and I disagree, bud. What yep. What if we, you know, use taxes as, say, fees to collect for people living in, like, say, I don't know, social housing or even just yeah. like, you know, it, it's okay. It, I, I guess I'm going to be charitable thing. here. I am also not suggesting that taxpayers keep paying people's rent forever to the types of landlords that they have now. I am suggesting that taxpayers should keep paying, paying people's rent forever for social housing. I mean, also just like think about this too. Like they, I always hear like the inflation stuff and all that too. It's like, you know, it's just the pressures of inflation too. It's like, no, it's because like every single possibility <clears throat> that you can get gouged, you have been gouged. And that especially comes in play oh. when it comes to housing and rent. Yo, hundred percent. Like when we're like, yeah, we inflation is is inflation has become a complete catch all for all of these different things, which is literally these fucking parasites, these landlords that are that are able to suck more out of us because they can, not because there's some weird invisible market force that's forcing them to do so. It's just because they can. Again, that's literally freedom. all this is. Yeah, it, anyway. it's the invisible hand of having passive income that you don't need to do anything for. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And like we're at the scale where it's happening, like, you know, with Zillow buying up these single family houses, ever, it's just, I mean, the, the biggest single family homeowner is like either Blackstone or Black Rock or whatever, whichever one of those it is. Blackheart. Um, yeah. But Republicans in Congress are proposing cutting the surviving rental route, rental voucher program by 20%, the exact wrong way to go. So what do we do? I wrote in March about how a beneath-the-radar tax credit the legislature passed last session could help bolster the supply of deeply affordable housing. And McDonald notes that Workforce Services offers training programs aimed at helping people earn more money. I mean, people are earning more money. I guess who's just going to raise the uh, exactly uh, rent more? But <clears throat> Money machine, go burr. It's a good start, but Utah remains one of the worst states in the country for renters, and we need some real changes. You could have really just Utah- truncated that sentence right there. You <laughs> could have just ended it after worst state. <laughs> there, uh, <laughs> That's kind of the premise of this show, right? <laughs> we talk about a lot of the – we experience a lot of the best things about the state, but we talk about a lot of the very worst things That's about true. it. And social And societally, we are – Baby, we are right up there. Deeply diseased. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very sick place. A study by the Utah Bar Association last year noted that Utah is the only state in the country where tenants behind on rent have just 72 hours to vacate an apartment or else be on the hook for triple what they owe, plus attorney's fees and interest. That is... That is probably one of the most obscene things I've ever seen. But that's not surprising for the state because we've we've talked about this I don't know how many times. See, the legislature is just developers, landlords, cops, and lawyers for all of the above. I that is that is so I bet I could tell you who's involved in getting something like that passed. Um I mean the president, like we we've talked about what's his face. Uh uh, who's the guy that was president of destination homes? I mean, like the, um, Brad, Brad Wilson, he was, he's a, he's the president of a housing development company and he's the president of the Utah state of, uh, Utah state or 
representatives, I believe. I, I can't remember. Yeah, he's a speaker house of the house. Speaker of the house. Yeah. Anyway, um, let me just uh, only state in the country where tenants behind on rent have just 72 hours to vacate an apartment or else be on the hook for triple what they owe plus attorney's <laughs> fees and interest. That's just absolute sicko shit. I, I guess we don't have any usury laws in this state, so I guess that's, that's fine. Robert's words now, that's shameful and should change. We need transparency and possibly caps on f- possibly. Whoa, gonna, slow down there, Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> we need transparency and possibly caps on fees charged to renters, including rental application fees. Fox 13 reportedly recent reported recently on a couple that had to pay non-refundable $380 fee to apply for an apartment that they ended up not getting. $400 Which, just to yeah, like. Just to apply. Just, just for it. What the fuck? Yeah, they uh, things are incredibly stacked against. Uh, and you expect rent. me not to be a Maoist, dude? The uh, the ads Good on Solid Tribune are just—they got some weird, like body yeah, weird when, ads going on. on yeah, you could definitely tell. Like, there's some weird things going on with like the Tribs page because it, it has like the same shitty like ads at the bottom of the page that you get off like barstool or yeah, like no, this is like, this or, doctors hate this him for this one trick epic times or whatever um okay cities need more latitude to regulate and enforce where short-term rentals are allowed and ultimately in a state where we can give tens of millions in tax breaks to wealthier residents we should be able to afford to maintain some sort of fence to help keep our neighbors teetering on the brink from slipping over the edge rather than trying to deal with the consequences when they hit their bottom i have a better uh, idea we take yeah. those tens of millions that have been flowing to these rich sons of bitches and we use it to build housing and just cut them out altogether. Yes. Yeah. Where do I sign? Do you remember when we talked about um, how like that, that uh, tax cut that they, or they, uh, whatever they did, I'm trying to find the actual, anyway, how they saved everyone, like essentially a, a tax cut of the state for like, I don't know how many millions of dollars, but it saves everyone on average like ten dollars a year or whatever yeah. in this state. Yeah, it was like uh, you get like you get like a total of like ninety bucks a year, so you get like eight bucks a month. Yeah, all of those I don't tens of millions of dollars. Oh, sorry, two hundred eight million dollars. So, um, yeah, two hundred eight million dollars were 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 taken out of like the essentially the the tax budget and like just think about I don't know just kind of kicking around some ideas in my head like what could, that could have been used for considering the topics of tonight's episode but you know who knows who knows really <laughs> who knows and I love having this all back together so we can just being back. I was about to ourselves. say love being back feels good um. But like, Man, it's just that's that's bad. That's bad stuff. But I mean, this is a th- the type of thing that you can actually start talking to neighbors about and kind of start rallying around too. Like, I mean, yeah. this is one of those things. Like, if you don't phrase it as socialism, you can tell people, and they really like socialist ideas. Just yeah. because no one likes landlords, the only people who like landlords are landlords. Yeah, and I have a sneaking suspicion a lot of them hate themselves too. Oh, they hate each other. Yeah, that too. But like, yeah. that's the thing that you like, you can, you can build something off of this. Just know how much suffering that, that occurs because the worst people, you know, get to just siphon money off for you to live inside of a house that they probably don't even take care of. Yeah. 
Yep. <sighs> so, <laughs> any uh, any good jokes you guys? You guys been watching anything good on TV or uh, any any? Uh, I saw. Um, Salt Lake City Council woman Amy Fowler is trying to stay on the city council after That's she her, had a hit and run in a DUI. <laughs> that honestly respect. Because we all know that the key to being in power is to not actually admit any any wrongdoing. It's to just simply double and triple down and wait thing wait wait like three weeks until everybody forgets about what you did. Well, the, the city council is making her step away for 30 days. So, you know, lessons learned. I saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. How was that? It was tight. It was, it was Drax looking jacked and stabbing people. Drax is, Drax is pretty jacked. Yeah, he's pretty right. funny, man. Um, he's got my favorite actor in there. I love Chris Pratt. And I'm just so happy he's doing well. Yeah, he seems he seems fine. I, I saw, saw video Mario of him dapping up LeBron times. James. You see, <laughs> that's great, man. Good. For, I'm glad. I'm glad you did that. Uh, I'm watching Twin Peaks again. So Hell yeah, that's that state of my brain. But that's ooh, good. New um, new Ted Lasso came out. All right. Fuck we're, off. We're, brace noise. <laughs> anyway. It is good to be back. I'm even if we're talking about depressing stuff, it is therapeutic. And um, I don't know, man. Like housing, obviously, is a it's a hot topic for a good reason. Um, and it should be. What's frustrating to me is that it feels like a hot topic among a lot of non decision makers. And um, again, like I'm aware of uh, Rocky's issues, but it's nice to have at least someone talking about it that is like city state profile to be talking about social housing because uh god knows we're not hearing that from anyone else especially in this state amen brother so like anyone who can move that over to the window anywhere to the left fantastic i mean let's make it happen yeah uh and i like i you know we talk about vouchers or uh these types of programs to help alleviate the um the burden on you know renting pe- people who rent and normal people, um, we need a longer term solution because uh, as we saw with like electric car subsidies, and I'm sure we you know we saw with these r- the rise of rental costs as well. Like these are just bailouts for the p- the the companies, the corporations that are causing the issue in the first place. So, um, yeah. Yep. With that said, that's where we're in. We're gonna end tonight's episode. I hope everyone's doing okay out there. Uh, we're hitting. Some nice warmer weather. It's lovely out here. Hope everyone's doing well. Any parting words, gentlemen? I'm not going to wear pants for the next six months. I'm so excited. And we love to hear it. We love to see it. Yeah. So uh, look for Greg skies cowering out, along out. on his bike somewhere. It's, it's going to be the same for me. I'm going to go see the strokes. Nobody's taking that away from me. That's true. Pavement's playing this weekend. Oh, yes. We love it. Anyway. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's good to have please you back, sub- bud. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. Uh, please subscribe to the Patreon, Discord, etc. I don't know how much longer we'll be on Twitter, but... Uh, Send us those Blue Sky there. invites. Come on. Yeah. What are you Invite waiting for? Invite the three of us to Blue Sky. We're good, we will, sweet lads. <laughs> or I'm we just will ruin that app, too. Yeah, it's, it's important. <laughs> I, I promise like to be Matt, nicer. 
Do you guys see Matt Iglesias getting like ratioed like the first day? Yes, he was the it? first ratio. So <laughs> that good. was awesome. We love it. More of that. Give Kyle and Greg invites to Blue Sky. Don't don't give one to me. Yeah, it's don't good. give it to Jordan. He'll just become Ted Lasso in there or whatever. Hey, I said I wasn't going to do that anymore because I got the 6,000 followers. And I, I have oh. to follow that. It's oh. the poster's code. That's true. But then you'll go over there and where you don't have 6,000. Yeah. I'm going to start it up again. All right, everyone. Love you all. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yo, Drain. Rip this shit up.